Hey everyone, this is Chris and Sandy Benton with the Chris and Sandy Show, where we get up close and personal with some amazing rising artists. And today, everybody probably knows who she is, um, Carlene Carter, within the Carter family. Uh, I'll let her tell a little bit of her story, but you're going to be in for a treat today. Carlene, are you here? I am here, with bells on. Got your name right. (laughs) Yes. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> That's important. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so how's it in Nashville right now? Well, right now the sun is shining, uh, and it's it's not real real warm, but I'll tell you something funny happened to me yesterday is I, I moved into I moved back to Nashville a couple of years ago and I mm-hmm. live in this house mm-hmm. that's about a mile from where I grew up and I okay. actually rent a house that has a swimming pool, which is the first for me. I've never had a swimming pool in any house that I've that's been mine. And mm-hmm. I uh, had the pool guy come, and he took the pool cover off. And it wasn't uh, 30 minutes that it started snowing. <laughs> I was like, what is happening here, man? I don't know. But yeah, it's it's it. I've been in my house now for gosh, oh, going on six weeks without leaving the mm-hmm. house, except for food three different times. And I live with my dogs and my birds. And I've had a couple of visitors come sit on the porch, but it's been a real <laughs> different kind of thing here because I'm I am not sick and I haven't not gotten sick. And mm-hmm. I really do think that this social distancing and particularly staying in is making a difference because I mm-hmm. I really thought I was going to, you know, be susceptible because my me and my yeah. two guys, Al Hill and Chris Costello, we had been playing in Washington and mm-hmm. Washington State and Oregon and we're actually in the Seattle <coughs> airport when everything started going wacky. Oh, and wow. then we went oh, off wow. and we're in Sun Valley, Idaho, which became one of the most infected places. Um, oh, and <laughs> I know, and so when we came home, we were all checking in with each other every every day and saying, "Hey, are you okay?" And we've all been fine. So we, I think, That's we really, good. you know, lucked, lucked out because, yeah. So you know, back different. in January, back in January, Sandy and I caught. So I don't know what we caught. We part of us wonder if we caught this back then and beat it and just didn't know it, because mm-hmm. I, yeah. I remember telling Sandy, I was like, I don't know what this is, what kind of flu this is. But man, mm-hmm. this is like the worst. And yeah, like it, was about really three, it was about three weeks of it. Well, yeah. I, you know what? I, I totally agree with you because I've I've known a couple of other people that have said, "Hey, I think I had that in January." And you know, most of the people that that, that have said that to me are are people that travel, and or mm-hmm. are around people that travel. And yeah, so yeah. It, I had something last year after I got off the Kayamo cruise. Um, and I and a lot of us got sick on that, and I did not get well. I was sick for three weeks, and it, I had borderline wow. pneumonia, and I had wow. every single thing wrong with me that mm. is that. But that was a year ago, so yeah. maybe that was <laughs> yeah. maybe who knows? You know, I was who on knows? a boat where most of the people were Filipino that worked on the boat, and mm-hmm. then a lot of us got sick. So. Yeah, I love these cruises, but it is uh, a petri dish for catching stuff. You have to really yeah. be prepared with mm-hmm. your uh, hand sanitizers and such. But right. anyway, I'm, I'm doing good, and my all family are well. There's nobody in my family that are sick, and well, that's, that's pretty good. amazing. Yeah, I've got eight yeah. grandchildren, and all of them are healthy. And, 
yeah, it's 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 really I'm feeling really blessed in that regard, and uh, it I am starting to get a little squirrely. I will say, just starting to get a little squirrely around here. And I talk to my that, dog, yeah. and they talk back. They do. They, they <laughs> actually speak fluent mama. <laughs> oh, that's great. <laughs> So as we get started a little bit, uh, we'd like to have a little fun. So tell us a little bit about who you are so that people will know where you're coming from. A brief overview and some hobbies you'd like to do outside of music when this virus is gone, of course. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, <clears throat> one of my favorite things is uh, riding horses. I love riding horses. I don't have any, a place that I can have horses, so I don't have any, but I mm-hmm. go and ride mm-hmm. every chance I get. And that's a pretty good social distancing fun thing to do yeah. um, it is. I also the funny thing is is I love gardening but I had lived in California for so long that I can't quite get back in the hang of having the different kind of climate and seasons than what I had there because I had rose bushes all year round when I lived in California and it's like I'm going to I dare put a rose bush out I don't know um and so you know like those are my other things that I like to mm-hmm. do I'm um I love reading, and I love watching TV, and I uh, love being a grandma, although I haven't got to see my grandkids in in a long time, six weeks, and that's (laughs) long. Uh, They're all, like, you know, pretty grown. They're one, two Mm -hmm. of them are 17, 15, right on down to 11, uh, the youngest ones are. But, yeah, so I, I, I stay busy. I've got a lot of great friends that I go out with and have dinners, and so that's been different. But we have been doing some uh, interesting Facebook, uh, no, <laughs> FaceTime stuff. We all FaceTime each other mm-hmm. as much, much as we can. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so that's that's been pretty good. But as far as, like, my, my whole little life is, like, I love playing live, and every usually what I'm doing is I'm getting ready to go somewhere, and then I'm out there being somewhere, playing, yeah. and then I, when I'm getting home, I'm getting over being somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> and it's, it's, this is the longest period I've had where I didn't have to do anything. And I thought, oh, my gosh, I've got to, you know, like, I've got to write an entirely new album. I've got to write my book. Right. I've got all this time to write my <laughs> book. And it's like, I haven't done Jack, y'all. i got to be honest. I haven't done Jack. <laughs> oh, we in the hand. Same here. <laughs> Was, um, I read an article was, that said, don't try and do too much, you know, don't think that uh-huh, you have to, yeah. like, achieve all these things, and yeah. just mm-hmm. uh, take it easy, been doing yeah. that. <laughs> <laughs> what, what's funny is, you know, right before this virus hit is when we decided to make this a daily show. And oh, yeah. <laughs> so, so, you know, and then we just started, uh, as of yesterday, the first one we did this, we're on our New Country Buzz site. Where we mm-hmm. allow artists to t- do the takeover live, like you see out there on Facebook. Oh, right. And so, so that was pretty cool to to see that go. That we didn't have nothing to do with that. <laughs> oh, that's yeah. fun. That's fun. Yeah. <laughs> well, you guys have a good that... time doing it, right? You guys oh, yeah. love doing it together. Yeah. Well, yeah, we're always together. I mean, we've been you know been married seventeen years now, and we've been oh, a twenty four seven couple. Um, wow. Wow, that is really good. You know, my mom used to say that that was how her and John stayed together. The first 10 years they oh, were wow. together, they never wore apart. And mm-hmm. finally, mom said wow. <laughs> that the codependency people told her that it was really unhealthy. <laughs> we heard so that. Yeah. Yeah. But um, I, 
you know, I think it's each their own. It's like my husband yeah. and I did that the first <clears throat> ten years we were married, and then, um, and that that worked fine. But it kind of like kept each of us from doing more things that we individ as individuals needed to do. You know, because he was my biggest distraction and I was his biggest distraction and we could just hang. And, uh, you know, eventually I started like wanting to get back to work and he was wanting to get back to his stuff. And so, you know, we made a decision to kind of like concentrate on those things and then see what happens. So we're, you know, he's all, he's living in New York now and I'm living in Nashville because I wanted to live here and he didn't. And yeah. we're still married, mm-hmm. but different. That's the way it goes, and I'm, yeah, I, I like it here. I like it. And, you know, for and for us, what's funny is when you look back at our past, you know, I've always thought I would speak. That's where I have a passion at speaking, and her passion is country music. So mm-hmm. we're kind of living both of our passions all under this same roof of that's this great. country music thing that we're doing. Yeah, yeah. that's really great. So that's yeah. worked out pretty well. Yeah. And I, <clears throat> and I always joke with people and say that she actually brainwashed me into this country music stuff. Cause when we first married, <laughs> I was um, big into the audio self-help movement. I mean, uh-huh. I mean really big. And I was, oh, I was, was one of the people yeah. that bought the lie that if you were listening to music and not audios in your car, then you're not serious about your business. I mean, I was that hardcore oh, and okay. I could listen to them 24 seven. She could mm-hmm. listen to music 24-7. So we married, and we had to figure out, okay, um, <clears throat> um, we had, something had to give. So we came up with this little agreement. We'll listen to my type of audios for 50% of the time and her music 50% of the time. And that mm-hmm. worked like charm, and here it is now. I'm all in with music. Go figure. <laughs> Oh, yeah, it rubs off on you. That's the thing about that's one of the things about country music is it will actually grow on you when you don't even expect yep. it, and you'll be humming it away. Oh, yeah. Because I mean, I grew up around country music, but I listened <laughs> to rock music my entire yeah. life. That was pop mm-hmm. music. I just loved oh, wow. R and B and soul music. You know, I loved mm-hmm. all that stuff and still mm-hmm. do. But um, yeah, I, it took me moving to England and meeting uh, Dave Edmonds from. Mm-hmm. Uh, this band Rockpile, who who was crazy about George Jones, for me to actually appreciate George Jones. I oh, wow. <laughs> I didn't really know that wow. much about him, you know. I knew mm-hmm. Carter Family Music, I knew my daddy's Carl Smith's music, mm-hmm. and I knew John's music, John Cash. And mm-hmm. those were all very individual music, you know. They were yeah. like, this is Carter mm-hmm. Family, this is Smith, this is Cash. <laughs> and uh and I so I grew up like thinking I just have to do Carlene music, which was a conglomeration <laughs> yeah. of everything. Yeah. And then just like my, the osmosis of being a Carter girl is kind of transferred into there, and then put a little Linda Ronstadt and a little Rolling Stones together, and you got Carlene in the seventies and eighties. Kind of it, you know. <laughs> so, so do you ever have people um, where they since you're from the Carter family? say that, well, you're not like them or something like that, you know, do you have an, an, an expectation on you? Well, there was in the beginning because uh, I was a new artist, you know, and mm-hmm. and the mm-hmm. beginning was in 1978, And but I kind of fit into the singer-songwriter mode of things at that point, but I also mm-hmm. was, a, my attitude and my 
presentation of how I performed was way more on the rock side and so they didn't really oh, know wow. what to do with me. They they <laughs> I didn't fit in the Crystal Gale category, which I love uh-huh. Crystal Gale, but I didn't yeah. fit in that kind of yeah. genre. And it took me being doing five albums and if I, trying every single kind of music that I like, thinking it would be fun, to where I finally said to Warner Brothers that several years after I <clears throat> came back to America, I joined back with the Carter family. I always would go back to Carter music to get mm-hmm. my inspiration of who I am and not yeah. be, uh, you know, just on a whim of like, oh, I like playing with this bunch of guys. They're really great. And they're, you know, they play R&B music. And so there I am. And it's, I, so I, I went back to just being core Carlene with her songs and starting back again. And when I went back to Warner Brothers in the late 80s and said, I think I owe you guys a record that actually might get on the radio, they re-signed me. <laughs> and, oh, wow. and that was the I Fell in Love album, which was a big hit. And <clears throat> then after that was the Little Love Letters, and that had another big hit on it. So I you know, I delivered back to them, and I also found what really spoke to me, which was like high mm-hmm. energy, the rockiness country in the universe. <laughs> I wanted to be the rockiest country <laughs> chick in the universe. And so that was a big thing to, um, you know, for me to bite off because mm-hmm. I, I I decided I was going to be the, the most high energy female act in oh, country. Yeah. And so <laughs> thus became the cartwheels across the stage and the running through the audience and the beating <laughs> up on people's shoulders and, and making them dance while I'm on top of some big guy's shoulders. And, you know, it was like, mm-hmm. it was really fun and I was very fit, but eventually yeah. you're going to start going like, wait a minute, do I have to be this performing seal? And do I have to turn a cartwheel every night? <laughs> no. And, um, and then, you know, I, I get a little bit older and it's just sort of like cartwheels are just not <laughs> you just keep doing cartwheels, you know, not just, definitely not in your sixties. Not that I would even attempt one. I'd probably wipe out. Um, but I still, you know, have that really, uh, clear idea of what feels right to me, what I believe. Yeah. And that is the honest that I think is what connects me with an audience. So my whole thing is about how I connect with my audience, and mm-hmm. that's my favorite part of it. I love the writing, yeah. I love the recording, and then I love the delivering awesome. it to live live audiences, which is what's so depressing about right now because yeah. uh, this could change yeah, our livelihood. You know, so many of my um, peers and stuff, my compadres, we mm-hmm. we're like kind of going, wait a minute, what are we going to do? And it's like we can go online and, and do shows, but it's just not really the same. It's not the same. It's, no, it's just not the same. Mm-hmm. And But at least we do have that because they're getting to see people in a way more natural. <laughs> it's like a, a rare animal. It's even their natural habitat. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, with the, you know, I recently read an article that there probably will be no, and again, you never know media likes to take worst case scenarios as you know and yeah. um and you're now seeing articles written with the worst case scenario that that concerts will not start back until the end of 2021 i know that's frightening i'm supposed to go to norway in july and the promoter over there said it's still on and i'm like going well i ain't getting on a plane going to norway with my band and wow. risk everybody's health and uh, they're like, oh no, they're going to open Norway up. I'm like, well, they ain't no open Nashville up 
by then. I mean, <laughs> it just seems weird to me to go risk your life to play, you know, yeah. one festival, yeah. at, which is notoriously very uh, full of a lot of people. And I yeah. didn't think I would be being irresponsible to do it. Although I have a contract and I don't know how that works when you are in a <laughs> pandemic. Like, do I have to right. all the money? <laughs> is there a pandemic clause, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And now some other countries I think will be opened up way before us. So, it, you know, yeah. who knows, maybe, maybe Norway is one of them countries where they, that within a month or so, it'll be out of there. Yeah, well, the problem with that is, though, is that you cannot get a direct flight from Nashville, Tennessee to Oslo. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah, you don't want to, you have to go else. through. You have to at least go through either Heathrow or possibly Amsterdam and then, uh, you know, go through, like, Detroit and then Amsterdam and then yeah. to Oslo and then catch yeah. another flight on a smaller airline to Brim, which is where this festival's at, but... Uh, that's, you know, like one of my favorite things to do is go to Europe. I mm-hmm. love it. It's it's part of my uh, bread and butter is those festivals mm-hmm. over there. They still remember me, and um, they just go crazy for the old songs, and I love going there. But that's the only thing I have on the books up until October, and I was like, wow, mm-hmm. isn't it so odd? This is the first time in about five or six years that I've had this much time off. And I and so it's great because I'm not trying to cancel anything. So yeah. that's real good, you know, except for that one thing. But I miss my guys, and they're just across they're just across the across town from me. We're just like some of us yeah. are really like a couple of miles apart. We wanted to get together and start recording when we came home off the road, and then all this stuff happened. And I don't know. It's just like I just have. <laughs> Being a couch slug, and I—I I mean, Postmates is awesome. I don't know if y'all have Postmates down there, do you? It's yeah, a we delivery. Actually, we actually del- we deliver for DoorDash. Oh, do we you do. really? Okay, I use DoorDash as yeah. well, and so yeah. I've been getting meals and stuff sometimes from there. And Postmates uh, is is one of my favorites. But I found out that they actually deliver Jenny's ice cream. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> so I had dinner oh, wow. last night, and about an hour later, I'm like, uh, I'm on my app going, okay, I'm gonna need three pints of this, and it's like this is a two pint day, I think. But you know, it's 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 really just like whatever gets us through this, and however yep. we can be positive mm-hmm. and stay mm-hmm. stay positive and stay strong in this, and not get too much in a hurry. You know, people are notoriously yeah. impatient. And that's what worries mm-hmm. me about, you know, us getting back out there. Uh, all yeah. of us. Understand yeah. that. <clears throat> yeah, we, yeah, we still got a small income right now because of DoorDash. You know, we, we do side gigs and all that in order to help us stay yeah. afloat while we try to build our whole new country media brand. And, yeah, and of I, course, we're trying to build all this, and you've got all this crashing down, and we're like, okay, you know, if there was any chance for us to get sponsors soon, that's out the picture. <laughs> Right. Yes. <laughs> well, I'm but glad to talk to y'all. Gigs. Thank you for thinking <laughs> of me. I, I I don't know any sponsors, but I, I'm glad to be on here. <laughs> oh, we're definitely glad to have you on here today. So, as as you grew up in your you know in a musical family, with you know, what age did you know that you know what this is what I really want to do with? Well, as much as you can know something as a small child, I wanted to be a Carter girl. I didn't even know what that meant. 
uh, you know, I just wanted to be able to, to, I wanted to do what they did. They went out there and they sang and they made people happy. And my mom was crazy and fun on stage and I wanted to make people <laughs> laugh. And that I knew really early, you know, probably before mm. I was five years old. And then, um, you know, later on, I, 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 I was crazy about piano. I started playing mm-hmm. piano lessons at like six years old and I took them all the way up until just about when I went to college. And when I went to college, I was 15 because I yeah. skipped the last two years of high school. So oh, I, wow. I, I bamboozled my way into <laughs> Belmont college as a, a piano major because I couldn't think <laughs> of anything else that I wanted yeah. to do. Mm-hmm. Um, I also, you know, had electric guitar. One of my first guitars was an electric guitar um, and it was from Sears, and I think John John got it for me, and it was one of those Dan Electros that actually uh, plugged in, kind of like set inside the amp. It was really unique and different, and it was a, a blue color, and I remember that. Mm-hmm. And so I wanted to be in this rock band with my cousin David and David Carter, and we, you know, we had our own little rock band in my basement in Madison, <laughs> which is where I live now in Madison. You know, so it's like a funny mm-hmm. old world, and. Um, I, so I did know that I wanted to play music. I wasn't sure about the singing thing until I was about 16. I, I thought I would be a songwriter and, and it didn't really matter if I sounded real good yeah. when I sang, mm-hmm. uh, you know, because I, I did grow up around a lot of songwriters that, that didn't sing that great, but lot, you know, so <laughs> I could see that they were making livings at it. And yeah. I thought that, well, that'd be okay. Mm-hmm. But then I was asked to come on stage after I had was kind of like, I would say an adult at that mm-hmm. 15 years old, somewhat of an adult. And <laughs> I was standing between my aunt Helen and my aunt Nita on stage singing circle being broken. And I, and I was so excited. I was never scared mm-hmm. ever about being on stage, but I was so excited that my right leg was just, just, just like jiggling, like, Oh, you know, and like, oh, this in my aunt, yeah. like, it's okay, honey. I was going, no, I'm happy. <laughs> <laughs> And from then on, they, you know, would ask me to sing with them because I had um, a real clear lead mm-hmm. voice, which is what, and so I never really learned the harmony parts uh, at that, in those early days, wow. because I had the loudest voice, and mom could sing the low part, and I would sing mom's part, so it was, it was different <laughs> and fun, and my grandma taught me a lot of things, and yeah, so I knew I wanted to do that, and I had no idea how I was going to do it until mm-hmm. my mom told me about the songwriting thing, and she said, if you can just write one simple little song, like Ring of Fire. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> and I was like, okay, I'll get right on that. So I'm still working on that, you know, some <laughs> 45 years later <laughs> actually 50 years later almost gosh i can't believe yep, it that's a classic song too Woo. oh yeah oh yes <laughs> and i then i just happened to be in the right place at the right time and i met some really cool people that inspired me mm-hmm. and nurtured me in a way that they introduced me to people that had nothing to do with my family and that's how i i came out as a solo artist because i didn't come out oh, as wow. Um, you know, because my parents fixed something up for me, I, I worked my own way into it. And that was, my mom was always so proud of that. Now I also had to deal with the fact, you know, early on and it, it never has bothered me and I've always accepted Mm -hmm. it because I'm very proud of it is that anytime I do an interview or 
uh, in my entire career that it, the first two paragraphs are just about who I'm related to. <laughs> you know, it just, the whole list just goes on and on and on. And um, I was trying to, you know, like uh, make my mark, but sometimes when you have a really short uh, piece written about you, it takes up all of it and goes, and she's made a record and it's good. <laughs> like, yeah, I'm good. But I tell you what, I, one thing I did learn from them, uh, when I say mm-hmm. them, is like all of them, was um, to be humble and to be grateful and yep. to never, uh, you know, ne- don't get the big head, whatever you do, because it'll all disappear. So I never got that. And I've always just like really wanted to meet the fans and hang out with them and give them hugs and thank mm-hmm. them because it would just be such a lonely business without them. And, yeah, it would. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, these people that just make records and never play them live or don't really get to connect because they're in such a big stage format, they don't really mm-hmm. get to connect on a personal <laughs> level because it's just too big. I've been there, yeah. too, and, and that was that was a little bit weird for me. I always would find someone to connect with in the audience. But, you know, <laughs> playing stadiums with George Strait and um, – you know, play playing all these big shows that I was on in the nineties, uh, and then coming back to playing by myself on stage with John Mellencamp. Oh, that wow. was like a total full circle of oh, wow. coming back to playing wow. with me and my guitar and piano. And it made me a better musician and now mm-hmm. I learn try to teach myself something every day that I didn't know. Oh, that's because good. Yeah, for the longest time, I just relied so much on having these incredible guitar players that I had and other musicians mm-hmm. and bands, and I just sort of like got lazy and didn't really, you know, I just, I always played a really solid rhythm, and I still do, and I played mm-hmm. great with my band and everything, but I had to like get to where I could like carry a whole show, an hour and a half yeah. by myself, and that is pretty good, and I... You know, and I never know what I'm going to do. I don't. I don't like set lists. I think they. I think they <laughs> make you lazy. I think you That's just true. are always looking to the next thing to see what you're going to do. And so I like to keep it fresh. And I give my guys kind of an idea. They usually know kind of where I'm going. Um, yeah. And they can always tell by the way I introduce something what the next song is. But that comes with you know working together a long time, and we've got mm-hmm. to that point. So that really helps. Yeah. So you I don't know, know, I don't know think, if I answered any of your questions there. <laughs> yeah, you, know, you know, we kind of think alike a lot, I can tell, because like with our uh-huh. show, although I, I have a base, of course, of where I go to, but for the most yeah. part, I try to let the show go. I want it, I don't want every show to be the same. No. I, just, I want the show to be different with every artist, so I try to allow the show to go wherever it goes, and sometimes that may not be comfortable for some people, I guess. Well, I'm not, sometimes... I'm not going to hang up on you. You can ask me about all my marriages. I've had a lot. Like I said, you never know where it's going to go. Um, no, never we know. love them. No, and that's the way to be. And that's how it. you stay authentic and spontaneous and and yeah. engaged because yeah. I, I always said, and I did stop for a while. I, I left my career for a while because I just got too freaking burnout and uh-huh. part of it had to do mm-hmm. with um the fact that i always said if i'm ever on stage and i forget if i've sang the first verse or mm-hmm. or is it time to sing the second verse if i forget where i'm at and i'm just doing it automatically yeah. that's <laughs> time to go home it's time to go home and take oh, well. a break 
And right. I kind of got to that because I, I did one year that I think I was at home in my house for 23 days mm. that year. The rest of the time I was working. I was just in the, I lived in the no bus. Way. It was just insane. Yeah. And I really wasn't making all that much money. I just was like a machine that was, mm-hmm. you know, kind of keeping everything running, keeping bills paid, yeah. keeping everybody else's bills paid. And I I needed to step back and take a break. And I also needed to get my, my life back together because it was starting to completely implode. And um, mm-hmm. I really wanted to be, I really want to be present. That's my whole thing. Yeah. It's like, if I'm not present, I feel like I'm lying. And yeah. I don't want to lie. I can't, I just can't. You know, I can't do the act thing. Yeah, and and you know, usually I go with the highs of your life and then the lows. But you, we kind of went to the lows part first. So let's go. Let's go mm-hmm. there a little bit. What I nor- okay. I normally tell us a little story about where I want this to go, and you're already kind of leading in there. So I'm, I'm kind of like, okay, this is perfect time just to go here. Um, right. We interviewed Allison Steele from Two Steel Girls back in 2014. Oh. And one of the questions I asked her was, <clears throat> was um, what advice would you give an up-and-coming artist? And she said, and, this, and they were full-time at this time. Uh, uh-huh. And um, she said, this is going to sound funny coming from someone who's full-time and doing this for a living, but if your heart will allow you to do anything outside of music, go do that and keep music as a hobby. She said, the sacrifices we have to make, she goes, if there's a death in my family today and I got a gig tonight, I got to get on that stage and smile. If there's a song uh-huh. that reminds me of that person, I have to smile and sing it anyway. She said that right. the, the struggles we have to go through, she goes, yes, it's a passion of ours, but it becomes uh-huh. a job when you're full time. And she says, yeah. a lot of people don't see that side of it. She goes, because we pay a heavy price. Our families even pay a heavy price, even though they're not part of the team, but they still pay the price. She yeah. said, but if, if, your heart won't allow you to do anything outside of music, then go all in because it's the only shot you will have to ever make it here. So let's, what do you think of what she said? And let's go there. Well, a little I bit. think let's that's that pretty right on. I, I agree. I agree <coughs> with that to, to, you know, to a large degree. I, um, I will say that, yeah, I grew up around it, though. So it's like I was used to celebrating uh, Thanksgiving on a different day. I'm used to having Christmas two weeks before Christmas. I'm, you know, mm-hmm. I'm used to celebrating New Year's Eve when I get home from the road, whatever day that is. Um, yeah. I'm used to birthdays in Spokane, Washington. You know, it's like, uh, and everyone's like, well, what are you doing for your birthday? I'm going, I'm playing Spokane. And they're going, what? And, I mean, that's what happened this last birthday. And they're going, why are you in Spokane? I'm going, because that's where I'm playing. And, you know, I think um, that I I was conditioned to that, and I'm very adaptable Mm -hmm. because of the way that I grew up. And I didn't get it, just get it from my mom and and John. I got it from my grandma and the Carter sisters, too, because as long as I remember, we had to celebrate different days on different days. And Fourth of July was never at our house. Never. <laughs> we were always at some fair somewhere, you know, mm-hmm. as a as a child, and we would get to go because we get to go yeah. ride the rides at the Fourth of July celebration. <laughs> um, but and and my kids had to grow up to, to that way, and both mm-hmm. my my son and my daughter both worked for me when they were in high school and college in their summer times as roadies. And mm-hmm. my son became a very good roadie. My daughter was the most beautiful roadie on the planet. She <laughs> was, they both were my guitar techs. And 
my son was like uh, assistant stage manager, and so he set everything up. And my daughter just would come out and sing with me. She would she would walk on stage, and mm-hmm. and, and and bring me a guitar, and she would get standing ovation. They would go nuts. Just because oh, wow. she was so damn, so beautiful, and um, and I was like, "That's my girl, yeah. She's six foot tall, yeah. That's my baby." Mm-hmm. Um, and so you know, it's like I, I do think that you have to be driven. It has to be your purpose, and you have to know it's your purpose. Mm-hmm. And but mm-hmm. but you know, I I try not to complain, and I'm happiest when I am playing. I feel more yeah. Um, you know, I am a homebody. I isolate like crazy. That's why this is not, I'm not in the madhouse right now because to me, this is being on vacation in a way. (laughs) Um, would I like to see more people? Yeah. In person I would, but honestly, I, I've got new nightgowns. That's my, that's what I wear around the house. (laughs) I actually put makeup on yesterday because, uh, I washed my hair and it's like, you know, Things that I take for granted that I do when I'm being active, I just haven't been doing, and it's been yeah. kind of a nice yeah. little break. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and you you talking about the passion that you miss and all that. I I can remember. Um, I guess it was last either last week or week before that. One of the weeks, we didn't have a show for Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday. Mm-hmm. And by Wednesday, I was getting frustrated, and and Sandy was yeah. like, um. You need to go book some shows. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's always good to book those shows, honey. I'm telling you, it gets you out of yourself. It gets you out of your whatever you're in. That's you mm-hmm. know, if you stay in your head too much and not in your mm-hmm. heart, that'll drive you crazy because that's where yep. you know the head oh, is so like. I, I really follow my head and my heart, but my head I try to pay not nearly as much attention to. <laughs> it's, a, yeah. it's a scary place in there sometimes. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah, because you're our, I think it's either I think you're the fifty eighth um interview we've done this year. Wow, that is awesome. Good for <clears> you guys. That's great. So you know and, and you know, we're we trying to stay last- busy there. We spent all last year with New Country Buzz trying to build the foundation of the website, and we kept mm-hmm. saying we're going to launch this show, launch this show, launch this show, and mm-hmm. all year, nothing. And then all of a sudden, yeah. at the end of December, I told Sanders, you know what? We're going to launch. I don't care what it takes. On January 3rd, that was my mom passed away uh, many years ago, and her birthday is January 3rd. I was like, we're going to launch uh-huh. in honor of her on her birthday uh, in right. of 2020. And you know, we thought we would do maybe 50, 60 shows for the year. Uh-huh. And here we are. Now the new goal is 200 for the year. So. Wow. <laughs> that is very, very ambitious. But you know what? That's what you got to do. That's how you yes. break through and people get, people miss you when you're not there. That's the key. Mm-hmm. When people go, where where are they? Where's Chris and Sandy? <laughs> we need to hear from them. And that's what I think it's like just being out out there on and you know you've got a great medium to do this you know you can build your build your audience like so so well by having cool people on like me <laughs> yeah. absolutely and we had to, That's and key. yeah and yeah. we love that you came that you're willing to come on because again you know mm-hmm. if you told us 90 days ago when we first launched some of the guests we would have on uh-huh. I, wouldn't have, I wouldn't have believed it but I guess part okay. of it is we, you know, we actually launched New Country Buzz for the first time back in 2014, and we have, we uh-huh. 
for personal reasons, we shut it down in 2015. But before we did, we actually got to interview Kelsey Ballerini back then, which was before oh. everybody knew her. That was pretty cool. But we shut it down, mm-hmm. and I can remember every six months I would look up to see if anybody bought NewCountryBuzz.com, and nobody – nope, still not bought. Six months later, nope, still not bought because I let it go. Uh-huh. And by the end of 2018, I told Sandy, you know what? This is eating me alive. This, I'm spo- we're supposed to do this. Uh-huh. And so I was like, we need to relaunch. It, so we got to get it. We yeah. have to relaunch and finish what we – I was like, we got to finish what we started. You know what? Because I would rather get to the end of my life and go all in with this and never make it big than the wonder what if. I'm okay yeah, with Yeah, and I can tell by the energy in, you, in, your, in both of y'all <laughs> that your spirit's really alive when you're doing this. And that is, that is a recipe for success right there is like having that spirit – and it's not like this, hey, here we are now, da da da, da you know. Like, <laughs> you sound like a real person to me. <laughs> well, I'm glad of that. You know, I don't, yeah. you know, okay. don't want to be a robot. Here's some, one of the best advice that I've ever been given. About, I, I was, one of my friends from Nashville, we were talking, and I was like, what advice would you give since we launched the Christmas Sandy Show? And he, and he was like, well, the only advice I will give. <laughs> it's like okay, well, why you? I, I was thinking to myself, why is he narrowing it to one? You know, uh-huh. <laughs> he's like the only advice I would give is be authentic. He said because because he knows we look up to like Bobby Bones and Ty Bentley and all them, and yeah. he says let's say you learn every Bobby Bones joke or every Ty Bentley joke, and let's say you can even pull it off, and all of a sudden you gain an audience like they have. He says the day's going to come when authentic Chris comes out. And when uh-huh. authentic Chris comes out and that mask comes off, <clears throat> you will lose your entire audience because they gravitated to your fake impressions of somebody else. He says if you start yeah, out authentic and, you and be you, you yeah. yeah, and he said mm-hmm. if you start out authentic, then the right audience will come. Because we, we interviewed an artist uh, about, a, I guess, two, three, four weeks ago, and they shared uh, the links and all that after the show was over. And I went in and looked at their status thing, and I remember seeing, reading a uh, comment that said, um, boy, that interview was great, but that host was windy. I had to ask Sandy, <laughs> what, 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 is it, what do they mean by that? <laughs> she was like, what oh, you're long-winded. What do they mean? What, what does that mean? <laughs> and, and she said, uh, that, that means like, you're long-winded. And oh, I was well, like, oh, okay. And, and I'm like, okay, I'm okay with that because that's my authentic self. If I was short-winded, mm-hmm. then that wouldn't be who I am, and and like like the um, advice that was given to me, if I have to change who I am, it's not worth doing the show. Right. No, okay. and, it's, and it's really hard to not be yourself. <clears throat> it really is. It's like you can say, okay, I'm going to act like this, and okay, that can, <laughs> one day you're not mm-hmm. going to feel like acting like that, just like what you said, yep. and that's the thing that I got told that as a young kid, too, is just be yourself. Oh, wow. And I was constantly having people trying to tell me, don't be so country. Don't be so, you know, is that your, really your accent? Do you really sound like that? I'm going, yeah. And they're like, uh, you know what I mean? It's like, it was just, it was just so weird. And it's like, anytime I ever tried, you know, where somebody tried to make me be something I wasn't, you know, some label yeah. person would mm-hmm. be like, you have to do this and you can't do that. And, and I would, I would go into it saying, I, every being, every molecule in my being is saying this is not right because it's not me. 
And if I, I don't yeah. know how to mm-hmm. be anybody but me, <laughs> you know, give me a part to play. Yeah. It better have yep. a little bit of me in it, you know, yeah, exactly. then I can have fun with mm-hmm. it. But, um, yeah, I totally agree with that. And I, and I think that that's what uh, gives me the joy of um, still playing live. And it's like, yep. I'm getting ready to turn 65 and somebody's like, well, and I've got friends that are retiring now, not necessarily yeah. musicians, but people are retiring. Yeah. I'm going, you're going to retire? It's like, who retires? We don't retire. <laughs> musicians don't retire, y'all. Yeah. It's like we – they, they go until they die. Something. Yeah. We, yeah. Yeah, and it's like, um, yeah, it's the weirdest thing, but, yeah, that's what we do. And I was thinking, now, do I, maybe I should retire. Um, <laughs> and then I'm thinking, no, I can't. I mean, it's been six weeks, and I'm dying to go play. So I'm just going to set up my nice little camera and put it on put it on my Instagram and say, "Hey, I'm here. I am. Okay, we're going to go." You find a way to play, whatever it yeah. takes, because again, it's mm-hmm. you know it's in your and this is something that you know you you hear on Facebook and other people and you hear people talk about. Oh, are, you know, these up-and-coming artists, they just need to go get real jobs. And I always I cringe when I hear that. I've told so many people, don't tell an artist to get a real job because they actually got something better. They've got a passion mm-hmm. to live for. And to be honest, they've got multiple jobs if they're independent. Now, once they get to a Blake Shelton level, you know, um, they have less jobs because they can get up there and everything's done for them. But for independent mm-hmm. artists, they have 20, 30 jobs. And, and mm-hmm. you know, you push an, an artist away from their passion, here's what happens. I've got friends of mine that's been in their career, say, 15 years. And mm-hmm. you sit down with them, and some of them are miserable. And you're like, why are you so – I mean, it's like you've got this nice lifestyle. You've got this – you've got a great family. You've got this great career. And they're like, oh, oh nope, that's the mm-hmm. problem. The career is the problem. I'm like, what do you mean the career is the problem? You went to college for that. You went eight years of college for that. And they're mm-hmm. like, but, but that's not what I wanted to do. My parents pushed me this way. Yeah, and so now yeah. they're miserable with their life because for 15 years they've had this mask on, trying to please everybody else, and it's their life. Yeah, exactly, exactly. <clears throat> and and you know the the thing about it too is is it's like knowing that you're capable of if you if everything falls apart and at the end of the day, like you know it's like I've had mm-hmm. a really great mm-hmm. long career. It is it's been. Up and down, and in every kind of way that you would want it to be, it's been an adventure beyond belief. If I had yeah. to stop tomorrow for whatever reason, I would find a way to still use everything that I do in some yep. way to to touch people. It's all about mm-hmm. like changing somebody's mm-hmm. day for me. I want them to to walk away from seeing me play or hearing the song. I want them to feel it. I want them to. To feel something, whether they feel like crying yeah. or they feel like laughing or they feel like dancing <laughs> or they feel like running out of the building, you know, whatever. Is <laughs> I just want to make people to feel and and take them away from their their lives that are probably stressful and everyday life and just have a little month to go, you know, uh, across the rainbow somewhere, you know, with me. Yeah. And, and I make them laugh, yeah, and, and that's what I love doing. <laughs> And, and basically all I'm doing is taking the piss out of myself all the time, <laughs> <But> <laughs> making you know, fun of myself. I can tell that you're good at the making people laugh because, you know, this has been one of the best conversations we've had so far out of 58 now. Oh, Absolutely. wow. Absolutely. Well, thank you so yeah. much. Thanks a lot. Honey. <clears throat> and, and, Appreciate y'all. And we're, 
<laughs> and we're about to take a quick break, commercial break, and then we'll play your song, and we're going to come talk about your song. How's that sound? Okay, great. Sure. So, so stay tuned. Hey, everyone. We have partnered with another great podcast called The Sports Guys Podcast. You can find them over at thesportsguyspodcast.com. The Sports Guys Podcast is a sports and country music podcast hosted by Brandon, Nick, and Andy. They cover sports on a state, regional, and national level with many of the biggest names in the sports industry. The Sports Guys also host a Backstage Pass music segment where they go behind the scenes and talk with some of the biggest artists in country music, everything from Texas country, Americana, as well as Nashville artists. The Backstage Pass provides a more in-depth look at the musicians' rise in music as they talk about their career and tell stories about their music to share with their fans. Many of the same guests will be appearing on our show as well. Again, you can find them over at thesportsguyspodcast.com. It's a grand slam of sports and music. Please go over and check them out. In my grandma's house, the children would sing. Guitars are twain and their laughter ring. I was little, but I was the biggest kid. I wanted to do what the grown-ups did.
Love that song. Thank you. Yeah. Great song. Thank you. I wrote that a long time ago. <laughs> I was, yeah, How did it all come together? Well, um, <clears throat> when I first wrote it, it was back in '89, uh, and I was doing the album I Fell in Love, and I had come to realize that there that I really needed to write songs about my life. It, it needed yeah. to be not just like, you know, relationships mm-hmm. or part, forlorn love or any of that. I needed to write some real things. And I mm-hmm. missed my grandmother every single day for the 10 years that led up to writing that song. And so it was inspired by thinking about what it was like for myself, my sister, Rosie, mm-hmm. and my cousin, Lori. The three of us traveled with Mother Maybell and the St. Carter sisters a lot. Oh, well. And mainly mm-hmm. was the idea. Lori, her, her daddy didn't want her out there as much as <laughs> my mama wanted us out there. But, um, <laughs> so we had this whole little world on the, in the floorboard of the back seat of the car that I got to yeah. thinking about. And I was just like, I, I did. I really wanted to go back to those days and pay way more attention. Now, the, the thing mm-hmm. about it is I recorded it for that album, and then later on in 2014, I had the album Carter Girl, and it just seemed right that I had it on that record. It also made a difference in the way that I performed it, because by that point, my mother and my aunts had all passed away, and my sister mm-hmm. Rosie. So when I sing it now, it has like, um, you know, six people are in it that are not there mm-hmm. anymore. and. Wow. Um, so it's it's a bittersweet thing, but it's also a very mm-hmm. happy song, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yes. But I, I love the way we that. did it on the, the Carter Girl album because I went mm-hmm. to Don Was with the idea of doing a tribute, well, a, a tribute re- record to my legacy that I and my heritage. And mm-hmm. I didn't want it to be one of those records that um, it was just me singing a bunch of Carter family songs. I wanted it yeah. to be... It sounded like me doing me, but they happened to be Carter family songs. And so he, Don was produced it, and he put together the, the most perfect bunch of guys, and we recorded all the tracks live, and all my vocals are live. 
And mm-hmm. then I went off and did the some overdubs and put people on singing with me and had Sam Bush come in and do some mandolining. And um, it was, you know, and then I had Chris Christopherson on it and Willie Nelson and Vince Gill were my guests and Elizabeth Cook. Oh, well. Um, she's like an honorary Carter girl. So that record was really the, the beginning of is what I should have started with in some ways. You know, I just was a little too young and too wild to get to it. And it had been long enough time since my mom and my aunt had passed away that I felt like it was okay to start carrying on the legacy uh, in yeah. a big way. So the last mm-hmm. 10 years, for the most part, I've spent definitely um involved in my heritage and carrying it on um it is about time right now though that i've got to admit that i'm ready to plug my my auto harp into an amp and put a wah-wah pedal on it because i'm missing (laughs) i'm missing a little bit of uh the grit that i still have in me and um you know, I, I, you start playing uh, Mother Maybelle style guitar for long enough, you end up, every time you sit down to write a song, it sounds like a Carter Family song, which is not a bad thing. But if you want to be, um, you know, completely authentic in what your heart is wanting to do, you got to got to pepper it all together, put yeah. it in there, mm-hmm. make a nice little gumbo of it, and carterize the hell out of people. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> you know, we always... You know, we're a family show, so we always let our little eight-year-old, he likes to jump on and ask one question to each artist. Oh. Sandy's going to get him real quick. Yeah, he, we, and we got a one-year-old daughter that when she gets um, a little older, hope them plug her in. Yeah, we kind of started oh, yes. family. I mean, I, I'm 48 now, and I've got an eight-year-old and a one-year-old. <laughs> oh, my gosh. It's the same age as my daughter. <laughs> Good for you Here's Christopher. He is ready to ask a question. Okay, hi, Connie. What's your favorite food? My favorite food? Ice cream. Mm. What about you? <laughs> uh, pizza. Pizza. I love pizza, too. I love Mexican yeah. food. It's my number one. But I actually food. All food is my friend. Okay, bye. <laughs> bye. He said bye. He comes and goes, goes quickly. <laughs> he enjoyed that. But, yeah, <laughs> he even he wants to be a part of it every time. <laughs> oh, that's so and we good. love that. That's so you know, great. we try to keep this a family thing, and you know, we do. Know, so we definitely get the whole Carter vibe and all that because that's kind yes. of what we want to create—a little legacy here through all this. Yeah, and and you know what? That's the cool thing about it is it's like having that heritage and and the experience that that they he that they're going to witness of you guys doing what you do. It's going to inspire them to do something in their lives that that is off the, you know, not necessarily the normal path. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, yes, it's a creative path, a spontaneous, authentic path. And that is what yep. I think we need more of in the world. Yep, because I yes. always tell people that the best way to inspire purpose into your kids for them to see you living out yours in front of them. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. And, of course, we're doing something mm-hmm. unique. So, you know, again, you know, if he wants to go to college, that's great. But, you know what, I'm not one of those parents that will force that if, if, if he's got a pass. I mean, granted, if he mm-hmm. has no pass, then, mm-hmm. you know, I'd like you to go. But if, he, if, yeah. if he's got a vision and a pass, then, hey, let's go for it. You know, you can always go back to college if you choose to, you know. You know? Yeah. Right. So, 
I totally get it. My mom uh, really encouraged <clears throat> me to go to college and, you know, that I'd always have, always have something to fall back on. So I studied, I was going to be a piano teacher. And I ended up yeah. teaching piano oh, wow. my whole time through college to pay for my piano that I still oh, wow. have. It's in my living room <laughs> yeah. that I've written so many songs on. And I wanted a grand piano. And I, I taught piano after school every day <laughs> to people. All of them had under 12. That way I knew that they weren't smarter than me on the piano yet. (laughs) (laughs) And then I got a record contract, and three months before I was going to graduate, I uh, dropped Mm -hmm. out. Oh, wow. Yeah, I did, you know, and now I kind of wish I'd finished, but it wasn't making, it it wasn't, I couldn't keep up, basically. I couldn't keep up with school and trying to to record in England and, yeah. So I wish I had, but 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 my thing was is until I get a chance to do whatever I'm going to do, this is what I'm going to mm-hmm. do. I'm going to go to school until things mm-hmm. go my way. So, yeah, yeah I learned awesome. a lot. So as you know, when it comes to being doing what you do, you know, a lot of fans don't they see the artist. They don't yeah. see that there's a ton of people around that artist that mm-hmm. helps make the artist who they are. Tell us some stories of the people around you that kind of puts them in the spotlight a little bit here, you know, that help, that'll help people see that, you know what, you're not who you are without them. Right. Okay. Well, family is one thing. You know, you've got to have a solid relationship. If you're married, you need to have that. It really helps a lot that they that they get it, they understand. I can't say that it's always been like that in all my all my marriages. Probably why I've been married more than once or twice or three times even. And um but uh you know, I I think that I have to say my I okay, the longest relationship I've had business wise with anyone has mm-hmm. been with my fan club guy, Brad De, De Muliere. And I met him in 1986 in Iowa. He, him and his sister and another guy came to a Carter family concert, and he brought me a, sca- a scrapbook about my career. And uh, later on, he moved here, but he has been the president of my fan club all this time. And oh, wow. that's the longest wow. relationship I've had, and he is definitely one of the people that keep people informed about me because I'm not very good at all that stuff. i I definitely, in person, I'm great, but, you know, mm-hmm. as far as, like, like participating on a daily thing of, like, sending out emails and or uh, things on Facebook, not so much. I have a wonderful manager <laughs> that I really like named Randy Hoffman, um, and, you know, I will say that one of the greatest things that happened to me because I was working with Randy was that I, was, I actually made it to Carnegie Hall for two nights and to the Apollo two nights. Because oh, I worked wow. with John Mellencamp, which had a lot to do with Randy Hoffman, so <laughs> it, it always connected. Um, there's been people all the way through my entire career that have made such a difference for me. But one of the things that have stuck with me more than anything uh, on my attitude and the greatest piece of advice I got from someone I admire was mm-hmm. Dolly Parton whispered in my ear. At my very first record release party, I was getting Mm -hmm. my picture made with her and Emmy Lou, and I was dying. I was so freaking happy. And (laughs) we're standing there, and they're taking tons of pictures, and she whispers, and she goes, Honey, just keep on smiling no matter what. And I remember (laughs) that every day, you know, and um, (laughs) 
I think, you know, right now, for sure, my um, my guys that I play with, the lucky ones, I'll mm-hmm. call them, uh, I have mm-hmm. a, a, a setup where that we're a trio, me and two guys, and mm-hmm. then I have a full band, which is four guys and me. And we are a well-oiled machine. We can sh- we don't have to sit and rehearse all that much anymore, and we have so much fun playing together. And that, you know, I would like to see that this is how it goes for a long, long time. I've had the greatest yeah. of fans and been so lucky with all these musicians and different producers. And, um, you know, I went for a period of time where I was marrying my producers. And... <laughs> 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 Yeah. But uh, always, you know, I that that's some of the good stuff. Bus drivers, mm-hmm. oh my God, the people that drive you when you have a bus, I really yeah, appreciate your life is that. in their hands. Yes, it is. So you have to really <laughs> trust them to be able to sleep on a bus, and I've had the good fortune of that almost constantly. Uh, I don't use a bus anymore; it's just way too expensive, and I just climb in my um, what I call the beast. Is a big old Yukon XL, and me and Chris and Al, we just go. We just go where we're going, and and pack it all up, and and it's super easy, and we get along great, and we don't have a big entourage, and that's mm-hmm. how you stay afloat when in times that are hard, when particularly as you're getting older, and the and the the music industry is constantly clogged, clogged, but constantly infiltrated with more and more new and younger acts. So many, yeah. so many so mm-hmm. that I have no idea who's who anymore. I, I, I try to keep up. I really do, but there are so many. There's so many that I can't, and mm-hmm. I have some that I really do like and admire, and um, I love Ashley Monroe, who happens to be my cousin, little well-known oh, fact. Uh, <clears throat> she's my cousin on the Smith side. She's related to my daddy, and uh, I love Miranda, and I love well, I love Angelina Presley. I love them, them girls. Um mm-hmm. Pistolanis, and I, I I like Kelsey Ballerina. I think she's really good. And these are like the the newest people that I know. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Now, if you had a magic wand, and I'll tell you why I'm saying it this way in a minute, where if you had a magic wand, what you're about to say would for sure come true. Where would you be in the next five years? The reason I ask that in that way is because this past February made five years that we asked that same question to another, none other than Kelsey Ballerini. And oh, really? the answer she gave us is what she's living right now. I mean, you, you could not have, she could not have said it more better five years ago. To oh us yeah. That's so true. Than for it, and, wow. we saw, and we see what she's living now and it's almost identical to what she told us she wanted to live. So she pulled that off. So I always like to answer it and ask it in that way. If it would come true, where would you be in five years? And, of course, you've done a lot anyway in your music career, so it'll be interesting to see where you want to go in five years. Well, I think, you know, my, my thing <coughs> is I just want to stay current enough to stay working. Um, mm-hmm. You know, and I, mm-hmm. I say that I don't expect to suddenly be on top 40 radio anymore. I wouldn't mind it one single bit if some of these younger women would cut some of my songs because I'm a good songwriter, and that would be <laughs> really be nice. One. And that would be really nice, but I, that would be about the time I'm turning 70. And mm-hmm. I, mm-hmm. I would like to think that I would still be able to tour and go out and play when I need to and make, and not be so tired that I can still enjoy it. So 
Yeah. That's what I want to have good mm-hmm. health. I want everyone in my family to be healthy, and that way I could go out and do what I need to do. And I want to be as creative as possible as long as I can in my life. That's yeah. the main thing is yeah. to be to, to stay creative uh, on every good. level. Yeah, that's what I desire is to to not, you know, sometimes you get out of working too much and you kind of lose your creative thoughts a little bit um, because you're putting so much into your live performance and being and being spontaneous. And yeah. some of the times uh, you just end up you kind of like things fly out of your mouth that you wish you'd written down, but you're in the middle of a show. And it's like, why did I write? What, 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 you know, so. I think I'm going to have to start taping my show so I can start writing my book that way because I tell a lot of true stories that uh, sometimes they fall a little flat because uh, people just can't believe that I've told them that. And they're like, oh, and I say, don't worry, it's true. <laughs> but most so, of the time they so, can leave them laughing and smiling, and that's a good thing. So in your um, career so far, what's been one of the craziest stories that's happened to you? Wow, let me think. Um, gosh, craziest. Okay. Well, no, I don't know. This might be kind of weird to say. Yeah, no, I, I can't do that one. Uh, there's a bunch of them I can't tell you. <laughs> One of the craziest. Okay, I'll tell you about being um, in the beginning of my career and back in the days when record labels were really whining and dining their artists and throwing in parties everywhere and mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, big deal stuff. Limos pick you up at the airport everywhere. You're staying in five-star hotels. It's, well, you don't realize when you're doing that that you're getting paid for it. Well, anyway, yeah. by, in the beginning of my first uh, year with Warner Brothers uh, on Reprise, they they were doing – I was doing a lot of that. I think I did more press and more interviews and more personal kind of things uh, than I did gigs. But mm-hmm. anyway, so I'm at this party, mm-hmm. and uh, everything's going great. And, I, and I'm thinking, wow, this is just the coolest. I'm living my dream here. This is my dream. <laughs> so I go in the bathroom, and I, and I look at myself in the mirror, and I go, you look, you look good. And I was, like, thinking, you look pretty good. And right. then I, <laughs> and I was starting to feel like feel a little bit of a, uh, I won't say the big head, but just a little bit like, you know, a little cocky which I don't ever get yeah. anymore. And uh, so I go to do my business in the bathroom to sit down on the comfort station, and I didn't look where I was going, and whoever had been in there before me had left the lid up, and I fell, my butt fell into the toilet, and my and I had a mega shirt on, and my legs were like literally off the floor, and my I was stuck in the toilet. And... I had to haul myself out of there, clean myself up, and then walk back in there. I became the humble artist on that day. Because <laughs> I, I told my manager, who was Ed Kistner, who managed Emmy Lou and Rodney and had worked mm-hmm. with Graham Parsons and the Burrito Brothers, I told him, I said, I just fell in the toilet. He said, most people do some point I'm in their life. Yeah. <laughs> so that's yeah, one of my favorite, like, you know, ridiculously leveling, um, bring me down to earth and keep you in your body so you're not, like, flying around the room in your head. <laughs> I love that one. I, get, I bet you nobody's told you that one before, right? Nope. No, <laughs> that's, about, that, that, that's, about as, that's about as authentic as you can get right there. Yep. <laughs> 
So, so if you could co-write with anyone, dead or alive, who would it be, and what would you want to write about? Wow, gosh, let me think about. It. I would love to write with Van Morrison, wow. and I would love to write songs that they came from Ireland. You know, like Carter family songs, but with Van <laughs> Vanness to them. That would be a dream for me. I would love that. I don't know if he co-writes. I kind of doubt it. <laughs> I'm pretty sure he doesn't. We can set it up. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's one thing I would love to do. Um, let's see. I can't really think. Uh, oh, you know who I really like that I would like to work mm-hmm. with is Sturgill Simpson. I like him. Right. I think he's really cool. And mm-hmm. and I, I say that I just like to like hang out with him and write one song. And I know he doesn't really write with other people, but I just mm-hmm. think that – I think he's cool. He reminds me of Waylon, only he's oh, – wow. um, you know, his voice reminds me of Waylon. He's got that real honest – I'm. this is what I'm saying, and this is how I'm saying yeah. it. And then he, he's a badass guitar player. So I really <laughs> like him. I was trying to think of somebody that that's actually, you know, uh, younger than me. <laughs> <laughs> So if there was one song out there that's not one that you've written, but somebody else written, that describes your life, what song would that be? Wow. Um, I'm Still Standing, Elton John, Bernie oh, right. Coffin. Oh, that's I'm good. I'm Still Standing, better than I ever did. Mm-hmm. I don't even tell. I, I'm, a big, I'm a big Bernie and Elton fan. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And I got to write a song with Bernie. Kind of oh, cool. Wow. I became friends with oh, him wow. when I lived in England, and I had this melody that. And I know he all usually writes the lyrics first, but I had this melody that I had said everything I wanted to say musically. Mm-hmm. I couldn't say anything in words. I had put it all in the music, and I said, "I've got this thing, and I this is what it's about. This is what I was feeling when I wrote this." And you know, a day later, he sends me these lyrics, and it's the song called "The Rain," and it's one of my favorite songs I've ever written. That is really awesome. <laughs> mm. Yeah. So, so if you had a friend, and let's say that they've played five, ten shows, um, and you heard them, and they sound really good, so it's not like they don't have a voice, and they feel like you know what, I've been on that stage, I've got that stage bug that, that all mm-hmm. artists talk about. I feel like this is what I'm supposed to do. What advice would you give them that will help guide them the next two, three, four years? Oh, gosh. Don't get too involved in the business. Hire people to do the business. Keep your finger on the pulse of your business, but be in the creative vein. You or the artist don't, uh, you know, whenever you end up worrying too much about uh, contracts or percentages or any of that stuff, not to say that you're not supposed to know it all, you know, you're not supposed to be aware of it all. You just don't need to do it on a day-to-day basis. That's why you have managers and agents and accountants. And yeah. I know a lot of people mm-hmm. want to micromanage all of that. I will tell you that it will burn you out quicker than anything. And oh, I, wow. I tried it. I tried it. Yeah, it doesn't work. <laughs> and I, I mean, I told one of my friends, I said, well, you can manage yourself for a minute. And then as soon as I said, I went, wait a minute, that's the worst advice I could ever give anybody. What am I saying? <laughs> <laughs> you know, and somebody goes, oh, why do you need to have a manager uh, at this point in your life? I said, because he knows shit I don't know, because I just choose not yes. to retain it. 
I could talk to you all evening, but we're down to two questions left. Um, okay. W- one is, which I usually do at the beginning, but w- our conversation has went crazy, which I love. So I didn't get and it in love that. Where, I, so where I normally get it in. Like I said, you never know where the show's going to go. But I never That's did right. really get a hit. Um, when you look back on your career so far, where what are some moments where you're like, wow, I got to do that? Oh, wow. Okay. I got to stand in Carnegie Hall and sing one of the first songs that the Carter family recorded in 1927. The Storms oh, wow. on the Ocean was just me and a guitar to in two nights in Carnegie Hall. That was incredible wow. to me. Oh, wow. Um, and that happened in 2015. Um, and I was opening for Mellencamp, and I, I, I just never thought I would ever do that. So that mm-hmm. was one, one of them. Another one not that long ago uh, – my brother, my brother and I, we started getting all of our cousins together and the whole family of the Carters to do this Carter family album. Well, we, mm-hmm. uh, it, it came out, it's called Across Generations, and there are actually five generations of Carters on the record. Um, oh, wow. It's pretty cool. You need to check it out. And, uh, and And we got together, and we had a rehearsal, and there was nine of us that, that yeah. really participated in the album as far as, like, singing and playing. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. we were all nine on stage, and it was mostly the third generation and my daughter, who's in the fourth generation. Mm-hmm. And we played the Opry. That was a pretty incredible feeling to play the Opry after so wow. many years since the Carters had played there, and mm-hmm. um, and and to be called the Carter family on the stage of the Grand Ole Opry at the Ryman. Oh, wow. So that's where I grew up as a kid. It's like mm-hmm. I hunt out yeah. the Ryman all the time and on the weekends. And then when Mom married Johnny, had his Johnny Cash TV show there. So we were there. Mm-hmm. So that, that was really neat. Um, I can't really think. Oh, I know. I got to sing uh, Emmy with Emmy Lou, the song that I wrote that she recorded, a uh, song oh, wow. I wrote with Susanna Clark, Easy From Now On. We were on the Kayamo cruise together, and I got to just play it, and her and I sing it by ourselves, and that was precious yeah. to me. Yeah, that was one of my favorite moments. And I actually get cold chills when I think about it. She's still, oh, wow. still my Emmy Lou, still my Emmy. Ooh, <laughs> that's really awesome. Mm-hmm. So as we end this here. What is a question that you kind of wish hosts like us would ask but never do? Oh my God! Uh, gosh, I don't know. I can't even think of anything because y'all have been so good at it. I, I'm not feeling left out. Anything left <laughs> yeah. out. That's what we want to hear. See, that's you know, that's you know it's right funny. Here. We we we've, so we've built our whole show around this question because we want to we want to create the show around what the artists want to be asked. Well, you asked yeah, me that will get uh, that will get them connected out there. Mm-hmm. I'm telling you, you asked me just about everything that I would want you to ask me. Um, ask me my dog's name. <laughs> yeah, what's your dog's name? <laughs> That's a good one. Sparky. Yes. Sparky is yeah, we, a little terrier, and he has a mohawk, <laughs> so he's badass. Oh, he's got, oh, he's so badass cool. little dog. And Rosie yeah, we got, and Mo, we got a cat. You got mm-hmm. a cat? Kitty cat? Yeah, yes, Chrissy. 
14-year-old one named Prissy. We took her in when she was a little kitten, and she's grown up with her kids, and just we're so Aww. glad to still have her around, sweet as she be. that's great. That's great. Uh, and I got in my rosy pants, as we call her. She's 16, oh, yes. and she's, oh. she's still hanging in there. She's a bigger dog. She's yes. a pit boxer mix. And then I have two birds. Oh, wow. They were named Bird Reynolds and Sally Fields until I found out that they both were male, and I changed it to Bird and Sal. Um, oh, blue that works. <laughs> yeah, Bird and Sal. Uh, yeah, then they just make a lot of noise all the time. That is really cool. <laughs> you, know, yeah. you know, we really enjoyed this self-promotion. Well, thank time. you tell so people, much. I enjoyed it, too. So tell people how they can reach you. Oh, gosh. Okay. Well, I'm on Instagram, Carlene <laughs> underscore Carter. Uh, I'm at CarleneCarter.net is my website, and that will have all ways to reach me on it. Um, anything that you want to know about me is on that website and my calendar and and you can see where I'm not playing. <laughs> um, yeah. And uh, let's see. And usually it, it says things on there like, you know, what I'm up to. And I also have a face, two Facebook accounts. One that's my personal one, which uh, usually the one that has the most friends on it is the uh, the real one. People keep trying to act like they're me and – and oh, wow. asking money on my behalf. And I'm like, I constantly am going on my own Facebook and saying, hey, guys, y'all know me. I'm not asking anybody for money ever, 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 right. ever. If I do, mm-hmm. I will call you. If I need money, I'll call you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. you got to watch you know, out for the, is... the, the, the imposters. Yeah. Yes, um, and, you know, talking about imposters, you know, that's something that, Finn and I have been part of many different industries in the 17 years that we've been married. We've tried to find our way, and, I, and we finally have through this. Uh-huh. Yes. And, um, but something I've noticed is that out of – I mean, everybody has the scam artists out there, every industry. But I tell uh-huh. you, music seems to have the worst of them than any other industry yeah. we've been part of. Well, I'm telling you, uh, CarleenCarter.com was bought by some was was created by somebody that has nothing to do with me. And they, mm-hmm. when I got ready to set my website up, I tried mm-hmm. to get it, and it said they said they would sell it to me because <laughs> I could uh, be wow. .com, and they wanted like an exorbitant amount of money, thousands of dollars. <laughs> and I just said, you know what, mm-hmm. .net is just fine. Thank you. Enjoy my enjoy CarleenCarter.com. <laughs> Um, I don't know what you're going to do with it, but uh, have a good, nice time with it. So I'm .net, y'all. <laughs> there you go. Oh, that's crazy. But, you know, we really enjoyed this. Uh, like I said, this will definitely be, you know, we could do a thousand shows, and we'll remember this one. Oh, we great. Will. Thank you so this much. That so makes fun. me feel really good. That's made my day. And I enjoy talking to y'all, too. <laughs> y'all ever get lonesome and need a, need me to to talk to you, just give me a call. <laughs> we absolutely <laughs> will. <laughs> we'll all that. And, and, you know, we look forward to down the road having you back on to give us some updates. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. Well, um, hopefully this time next year I'll have some new music out, if not before. And we'll bring you on and talk about that. that. Okay. Yeah. Thank, thank you guys so much for having me. And, and hey, everybody out there, stay well, stay home. 
stay safe, all those good things. Don't breathe uh, don't breathe nobody's germs in. <laughs> yep. right. Amen to yes. that. Great way to end, and we'll talk with you real soon. Okay. Thank you, guys. All right. Thank, thank you. you. Bye. Bye. Okay. Bye, y'all. Bye-bye. Hey, everyone. I hope you really enjoyed that. We went a little longer than we normally do, but you know what? It was Carlene Carter. How could we not? You know? Oh, yes. Yeah, that um, was anyway. so fun. One of the most fun <laughs> shows we've ever done. <laughs> so go support her. Go buy her stuff. Um, go look her up. She's a really awesome woman that's done great things through her life, and I think she's going to do great things until the day she dies. But as always, we got another show coming at you tomorrow, and we'll see you all tomorrow.